FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. The listeners of this podcast are its main driving force. If you would like to support FGC Hollywood, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as leaving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, enjoy the show. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. I wonder if Ultra Chem TV has these kind of notes. I bet you they don't. I bet you they wing that shit. (laughs) Oh, man. I love giving them shit. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Golly. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 10. My name is Max Pleiser, and joining me is not Pringle the One. It is Broken Wing. Broken Wing, how you doing, my friend? Pretty good, honestly, you know? I'm I'm just excited to be here. Hell yeah. Uh, again, we, we talked a little bit off air, but uh, I'll say it on air. Uh, I appreciate you taking this late at bat. I had to call you in in the, in the, in the eighth inning because I needed a replacement and uh, you stepped up. So I appreciate that. Anytime, man. Anytime. I enjoy doing these kind of things. It's kind of fun. Absolutely. And uh, again, like when, when Pringle comes back, whenever he's uh, done with his, you know, he's got some personal stuff going on. So I had a feeling that he pr- probably wasn't going to make it to this podcast and i'm not sure what his status is going to be for next week but uh eventually i think it would be cool to maybe have a kind of like an offshoot maybe all three of us on one of these episodes but uh yeah it's uh it, it's nice to have you on it's nice to have somebody kind of else to talk to um like i said before we started i i don't record podcasts on my own anymore i'm, I'm done with that pmp is over <laughs> for it's all good man it's all good i don't think i Honestly, I tried to see if I could do a podcast on my own, and I was just like, I don't think I could run one by myself. I would need the energy of someone else, because honestly, talking to yourself about topics kind of just, you lose it after a certain bit, so. You lose it after about uh, 80 episodes, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you even made it to 80. I'd have lost it at three. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's not, it's okay for a little while. Listen, I can only ramble for so long without anybody else listening to me or telling me I'm stupid or something like, all right, shut up. But like, (laughs) once you get to 80, it's just like, all right, I need to talk to another human being here. I can't just talk to like the room and my dog is in the background. It's impossible. So yeah, I, uh, I, I stopped recording episodes on my own. So I appreciate you coming on, kind of filling in until uh, Pringle comes back. And, you know, initially when I looked at the show notes, we kind of had a slow week, but I think uh, we can make the most out of it. There's a lot of good stuff here. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear your, your take on some of these things. But uh, uh, first things first, I just want to wish Pringle well with, you know, what he's doing. Uh, he's got some personal stuff going on. So, you know, we wish him well over here at FGC Hollywood and hopefully he comes back uh sooner rather than later but uh if not uh, i'm sure we'll work it out whether it's uh you know you broken wing or somebody else in fgc hollywood community that wants to join me on this podcast until until the man pringle comes back and uh and second of all i mean since you are here Pring- or <laughs> pringle i'm so used to saying pringle, uh <laughs> broken tell us a little bit about yourself just for the fgc hollywood community that doesn't know who you are a little bit about your background or kind of like what you're about i'm broken wing i like to play fighting games a lot honestly i could actually spend about 50 hours talking about nothing but like fighting games like the the background the mechanics how to get into it everything like that i love talking about fighting games it's it's the best even though i'm absolute garbage at them we all are i mean to be fair like you have to be one or the other like you either have to be really invested in the game and just be like super good at the theory or super good at the game there's no in between like i, I don't think i've seen a person that's super good at the game that's like like i think say jam's one of the rare exceptions where he can be like honestly i think that if you just give a guy 
controller that he worked for him or, or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm going on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, speaking uh, of Seijan, though, I was looking at his chaos. I know he plays Byakuya now, but I was looking at his chaos and I was, you know, just seeing from the gameplay, I was like, I could probably whoop on Seijan. I was just saying, like, my Akatsuki would probably throw him down. But I, I, I don't know. I, eventually, I would like to meet him online and do content creator versus content creator. Just, But I want it to be random. I don't want us to set it up. I just want it to be random. If he streams, whatever, that's cool. But uh, I'm just saying, I think I can, I think I can rush down Sage and Budokatsuki. <laughs> but anyway, hey, uh, we kind of glossed over it in the beginning. But this is episode 10 of FGC Hollywood Fighting Game Podcast, which we record for 10 weeks. I know we missed a couple, or actually, we only missed one because we ran that one tournament. But uh, it's a mini milestone, you know, 10 episodes doing this podcast. I still think we're on our way to becoming one of the, the better fighting game podcasts out there. I mean, there's only like five, right? But uh, I think we're on our way to get to the top. And yeah, so it is a million milestone. I just want to uh, thank everybody who listens. Since we started FGC Hollywood, the uh, podcast episodes have done really well compared to TMP, uh, especially on audio platforms like iTunes and Spotify and all those uh, audio only platforms and on YouTube it's done it's done fairly well as well so and the feedback so far has been pretty good even though like I, I really think we've done at least I've done on, on my part and Pringle as well you know has done so as well but uh, we've done a lot to alienate certain people just because you know we we crap a lot about games that people love but it seems like the people that do stick around seem to appreciate the fact that we're honest we don't sugarcoat things and we don't we're not afraid to give you our opinion just so you would like us like we we just say what we want and hopefully you can respect that and if you can't you know there's the door and it's all good you know it's, i don't i don't harbor any hard feelings and i'm sure pringle doesn't as well but uh, it's cool that we're kind of building a community of people who are uh you know they're just real and uh, that's that's really what i want to to do here with hollywood where you know we're called hollywood but it's really it's you know it's a play on words it's like the reason why we're we're our own hollywood is because fgc has a lot of hollywood in it so yeah i just wanted to, to kind of take this moment for episode 10 and then thank everybody who's who's listened so far because it's uh it's cool it's cool i like i like building it it this is a different journey than how it was with tmp without you know how i was alone building that thing because now it's uh it's really it's a group effort i, I find with a community so uh yeah i just wanted to thank everybody who listens and uh, you're part of that too my friend thank you very much and yeah i appreciate being here you know honestly i i enjoy the the candid there's a lot of things we can disagree on and i I'll probably have those differing opinions when we get there. But like, mm -hmm. honestly, I, I appreciate the fact that you're, you speak your mind. So that that's great. Uh, there's not a lot of people that will speak their mind and be like, you know, actually this or that. And so I like that. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what we want to do here. And we can't, we want to encourage everybody to do that, even in the feedback, even in our discord, in the comments. You know, there's people in our discord that like, I obviously I've made my stance with like VTubers, right? I find them cringy. I'll give listen I'll give you in the discord like I'll give you shit because it's funny I'll put kappas and stuff but I'm not I ain't gonna like shame anybody or like ban anybody who likes vtubers or post vtuber stuff and like I mean do whatever you want but it's, this is uh, a personal attack on me for working with vtubers <laughs> for the past few weeks <laughs> oh yeah you know speaking of I, yeah that actually is a great segue you know you're actually uh, this is going to be a trivia down the line you're technically the first vtuber ever on fgc hollywood <laughs> you're, but you're a png are, is, are you considered a vtuber if you're a png um so what happened was is that i had a png of a vtuber idea that i wanted to do as a joke so that basically like every now and then like every other week i would just activate my face mask to have my vtuber skin 
but then I didn't have enough money to go and like pay somebody to uh, commission it. And Chick has been streaming with nothing but VTubers for the past few weeks. So she she asked for a someone to like cover her because she only had her and Lily at the time, Lily Dusk. And so she was like, hey, I need somebody to stream with me for Apex because we're about to start soon. And I noticed that because it was, you know, just VTubers, I just waited patiently. I was like, I'm not going to, whatever. I'm not, I'm not a VTuber. I'm not going to do anything like that. And then all of a sudden, like, no one responded for like a solid 30 minutes. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. All right. And I, I pulled in my hat and I was like, I'll, I'll help out, you know. I'm not, I got nothing to do today, so whatever. And then she's like, cool. Do you have like a VTuber skin or PNG? And I was like, I looked at myself for like three minutes and i was like does she know that i don't use a vtuber outfit or anything like i just stream with my face and i was like oh, whatever so i just sent her the picture of like the mock-up and she just cut everything out so it was just the mock-up picture and then used that as a png and she's like this <laughs> work and i was like okay whatever I'll, I'll i'll look like that honestly and that's what happened yeah i don't know if i could consider you technically a vtuber because you're a Pick tuber is that a thing? <laughs> you're you're a PNG tuber. <laughs> I still stream with the camera normally, you know. Yeah, like, you do. But uh, yeah, so uh, that was that was that, and honestly, it was weird because like a whole bunch of people were asking me questions I've never gotten before, and they were asking like super cool with me, and I was like, I don't even get any of this on my normal streams. What's going on? Ever since I just now have a little picture that describes who I am, now all of a sudden people are super hyped. You think you'll transition full-time to becoming a VTuber? A full VTuber? Hell no. Uh, every now and then VTuber? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's not exactly my thing, but I don't... Uh, I'm not hating on everybody that... That's, uh, that, you know, that's the one thing that I think a lot of people did not understand because I was a little ranty on that one podcast. I don't think they understood the fact that like when I was saying like I hate VTubers, I said I hate VTubers. I'm not saying I hate you guys for hating for liking VTubers. I just said I personally find them cringy, and I I find them we like a little weird. Like I don't like watching that stream that way. It's just it's, it's strange to me. Like, but then again, I'm also weird in the fact that like I don't watch anime. I don't like anime as a medium either, and it kind of reminds me of that. So I think maybe that's why it's a little it's it's rooted than that. And the fact that uh, those two things are reminding me of each other. But uh, hey, man, they each their own. So if you're having fun doing your PNG tuber, if you ever decide to animate your your little uh, your little doodle. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to have a cursed stream where it's just going to be like my PNG next to my camera. Yeah, well, that's good. But yeah, let's uh, let's start getting through these some of these show notes. And of course, you listen to podcasts. You know how we try to start the show every week. We got Hollywood question of the week. Mm -hmm. And this one is something I want to be I want to talk about uh, for a few weeks now. But I just I keep forgetting to do some research on this. But I finally did it. The Hollywood question of the week is, is there a male to female ratio balance in fighting games? Now, before we get to some of these stats, if I asked you this question, let's say last week, and you just had to think about it just off the top of your head, would you what would you have said? Do you think would you think you would have said that there's a a decent ratio? So I have been asked this question personally, and uh, I would have to say I've, I've been thinking about it. Because at first I was like, eh, it's fine. You know, there, there's a lot of guys, not a lot of girls, but whatever, you know. Because I, I have this extreme bias where I, I kind of get upset because as soon as they announce a dude new character, no one gives a rat's ass about it for like a month on Twitter. But then it's like the second they show, I don't know, like a shadow of a female fighter 
you you'll see like a billion fan art about it and i'm just right. like where's the love for the dude you know like hey you know well these statistics i think would tell you perhaps otherwise that the people that make fan art for the female characters may not be the same people that actually play the female characters because uh you know what i've noticed is while female characters might be popular on a medium like twitter when it comes to getting the stick ready or the pad ready or whatever it seems like male characters are are where it's at as far as playing the game yeah i do actually think that there is a there is not a, a huge balance towards it i feel like it is more male centric than female but uh i think that honestly i would be so i think a good balance would be one to one or one to 1.25 uh, yeah, well, so, okay, so let, let's start trying to, so I, I took these games, and the reason why I picked these games is because they're somewhat relevant within these times, and some of them I also picked just because they're games that I know of and I've I've played before. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, P4U2 is totally relevant in 2020 right well, now. Well, hey, if you're, if you're Moopoke, if you're yeah, Moopoke, it's relevant. Moopoke, yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, that that dude's been playing the same game for seven years. Listen, I love Persona, but even <laughs> I don't play that game anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so let's, let's talk about these games. So Street Fighter V has 37 total characters and the ratio is 25 male to 12 female. So that's, that's double, right? 24 mm-hmm. would be, would be double. It's actually more than double. Tekken 7 has 49 total characters. 33 are male, 16 are female. Again, that's about two to one. MK11, 36 total, 25 male, 11 female. Again, two to one, more than two to one. <laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is an interesting one. Currently, it has 18 total characters, and it's split right down the middle, 9 to 9. However, UL is about to come out, so she's mm. actually going to take the ratio over to 9 to 10 in favor of females. So that's pretty interesting, the fact that you're seeing that game particularly being more balanced and even more so in favor towards female characters. I have a feeling about that one, but uh, let's continue. Okay, yeah. Guilty Gear Strive, we it's going to have 15 characters. We currently know 14 of them, and it's 10 to 4 in, in the male favor. It's going to be interesting if it's going to end up being 10 to 5 or 11 to 4. I think it might be 10 to 5, actually. Yeah, I now that I'm putting it into... I, I didn't... Like, obviously, when you're seeing just the portraits, you don't think about that type of stuff. But I would assume that, yeah, the last character would be a female character. Uh, King of Fighters four, King of Fighters 14... There's 57 total characters, 37 male, 20 female. So again, it's about two to one. P4U2, the reason why I picked this one is obviously because I, I played it for a long time. And I, I guess I never really thought about the female or male to female ratio in that game. It's actually in favor of females. It's 10 to, it's, uh, 10 to 12 in favor of females. And lastly, it's Undernight and Birth CLR, 21 total characters, 11 to 10. Now, Broken, do you see a pattern here with some of these more traditional games and then a pattern with your anime games yeah i do is that the um the more traditional fighting games you have like two to one if not three to one and then like in the anime games you have it's it's a little bit closer if not like more skewed to female i will say this so grand blue to me that and p4 they're even bigger outliers than the normal versions because so Grand Blue is a gotcha game. Mm-hmm. And if there is one thing gotcha games will do, it is they will sell the shit ton of like these will sell the shit out of waifus and husbandos, okay? More often than not, it's gonna be the waifus that get center stage, and then the husbandos will be like 
stage left so you can still see them but you're more seeing the waifu so honestly i feel like grand blue is going to be one of those games where it's going to be like they're going to try to to do like equals but it's going to be a lot more female representation and then when it comes to p4 persona is half dungeon crawling half dating sim so being more female oriented than male oriented i can see it making sense because oh and, and by the way not not to cut you off but P4U2 technically has 37 characters, but I omitted the shadow characters because it wouldn't have made sense. It would have just been the same split. Yeah, exactly. And then with UniClear, that one is interesting because that is basically two of those characters shouldn't even be in the game. They're guest characters. Yep. So, and both of them actually is a male and a female. So if you were to remove those two guest characters, you would be end up with 19 and you would still have that same male to female split. So mm -hmm. it's actually pretty interesting, honestly. I think there's more on the competitive side when you see who plays what. I think there's more people that play male characters for whatever the reason. I'll just say mine. I personally, as much as I love waifus, like I find the male characters in fighting games just more interesting to me. Like they can do things that some females can't, uh, specifically with certain animations and stuff. Like as much as I like playing Lily in in Tekken 7, Lily's very elegant, right? So she doesn't like hit you very hard. But like when you play Brian Fury, that dude smacks you to the ground. And there's something satisfying about that. Like Lily can't do that. She's, you know, she's a very dainty female. Prim and proper chick. Yeah. Whereas like Brian Fury or like Paul Phoenix, those two are savages. And there's something in me that I was like, yes, I'm connecting with it. Like, I don't know. It's like a primitive type of I thing. I feel that. I feel that <laughs> same way. Cause like, so I play Kai. So he's like royal and like knightly. And I feel, I feel a connection. Cause I like, I have a knightly kind of aura with me where like, I like to protect people and all that. But then whenever like, I want to just shut my brain off i'll play like soul bad guy or something or even in a plus r i'll play order soul and i'm just like yeah i just want to beat the shit out of you mm -hmm. you know it's i want to see the beat down go down and so like every time i i pull out rocket i'm like hell yeah rocket go off yeah there's something that's really satisfying about that and i think obviously the fgc is fairly dominated by by males right so you'll see those picks more often than not and there's something that speaks personally to me as a guy who can throw hands, right? Like as much, and listen, there's certain female fighting game characters that can throw hands. Like again, oh, yeah. I, I don't like uh blaze Bukas tag battle, but one of the things I did like about it is Yang. Cause Yang throws hands. I was like, yeah, this chick is tight. Like she's, you know, she's cool. Bullet and, does the same in actual blaze blue. Like she, mm -hmm. she throws hands. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's neat. Like I, I like that. Obviously it has to do with preference, but I think as much as some of the people who enjoy fighting game characters, you know, say that they want waifus, like, hey, I want waifus, like, on, you'll see it on Reddit or on Twitter, no biking, no buy or whatever. God. It, at the Bridget end of the day, hurts yeah, Bridget or whatever, like, man, at the end of the day, I don't think that's true. I think it, the FGC, they play a lot of male characters and it's it's just the thing where... I think the people that are saying, man, if, you know, even me, like I, I mess around. It's like, if Eno's not in the game, I'm not going to play. It's like, ah, it's not really true. Like I, I would, yeah, I would love to play Eno because that's, I really find her fun, but I'll still try out the game. And if I can stick with a character or whatever, I'll, I'll play. But at the end of the day, I think waifus help, you know, DFGC. But if you make it the main focus, I, no, I don't think, 
I think that actually drives people away. Not everybody, but I think it'll drive certain people away and actually even deter people from playing or even trying out the game. For example, we're going to get Phantom Breaker Omnia. And if you just look at the presentation for Phantom Breaker Omnia, it yes, it has male characters, but just with the whole anime thing and a lot of, you know, waifu heavy promotion, I'm going to guarantee you people are going to look at it as like, nah, I can't. No, man, I'm not touching that thing. I can also tell you another reason why. It's because they just announced that they, uh, someone said, hey, what's up with with this game? I heard that this game's coming out. What's up with rollback? Yeah, we didn't add it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we 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 actually did cover that where they said it wasn't feasible on the development cycle at the time. So yeah, it is coming out with the late-based netcode, which again, it's not, that's, another add-on why it's going to be tough selling that game but even forget that like even if it did have rollback it's a tough sell for certain people just seeing the initial impression of that game because first impressions are so huge man it's what killed dead or alive six first impressions among other things obviously you can't have twenty five hundred dollars worth of dlc in your game that's retarded but i think first impressions are huge and when you have a lot of promotion for waifus, it could deter people. I think you can have some and, you know, everything in moderation, right? You don't want to have all dudes because then it's just a bunch of sweaty dudes throwing hands at each other. You need a little bit of elegance there, a little femininity. So you got to throw a little bit of female allure into games. That's why I think, in my opinion, personally, like you look at the ratio of two to one, Street Fighter Five, Tekken 7, MK11. I think that's okay. But Again, I'm not a I'm not a female fighting game player, so I don't know how they feel about it. But as myself, I like the ratio. I'm comfortable with it. And even though I play many female fighting game characters, I do understand why some of these fighting games are heavily dominated by male characters. Yeah, I can see that. And but you're also right. Like realistically, in a real world setting, females can fight. Like no one said they can't. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we can get to to some fighting game news, and uh, this is a big one. Initially, I'll be honest, when this first broke, I think two weeks ago, I kind of glossed over it, and I didn't really feel like covering this. I don't know why. I I probably should have, but I think I just let it go. I was like, eh, whatever, it's Capcom. I don't really care. But uh, now it's, it's bigger, it's more impactful, and it actually has some FGC meaning. So let's get into it. So Capcom got hacked. What does this mean? Earlier this month, Capcom revealed that via a press release that the company had been hacked with potential classified and or sensitive information compromised. Initially, Capcom discovered a message from a criminal organization that calls itself Ragnar Locker. Hopefully I pronounced that right. And after ascertaining that ransom money was being demanded, contacted the Osaka Prefectural Police. The company said that based on the amount of data encrypted by hackers behind Ragnar Locker ransomware attack, they believe the cyber attack potentially compromised the personal information of around 350,000 people, which is a lot of people. The potentially compromised information also included the names, date of births, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, and photos of approximately 28,000 former employees and their family members, as well as detailed personal information of approximately 125,000 applicants. As part of the hacking situation, information regarding Capcom's game release schedule was leaked, and there we saw these notable fighting game titles. Street Fighter VI queued up for third quarter of 2022, Super Street Fighter VI queued up for fourth quarter of 2023, and Ultra Street Fighter VI 
queued up for fourth quarter of 2024. Other non-FGC games that were leaked included Monster Hunter Stories 2, Resident Evil Outbreak, Dragon's Dogma 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Monster Hunter 6, and two unnamed new IPs among others. So that's uh, that's a not good, Broken. Not good what at all. Scares <laughs> me, what scares me is that Resident Evil 4 does not need to get remade, but okay, whatever, to each their own. Um, I'm excited for Dragon's Dogma 2. I can tell you how great Dragon's Dogma is. It's it's a great game. It's basically the Devil May Cry of RPGs. But uh, so there's two things I want to say about this. First off, it scares me the fact that so many people got doxxed. Mm-hmm. But Capcom did the right thing. They did not answer the terrorist call. They are like, oh, you, you, you guys are asking us to do ransomware? Sure. Okay, cool. We're just going to call the police and then you can... You can put our our airs and our our uh, ugly head out for the public to see, but we're not answering to terrorists like you. Which that's what you should do. Like, don't don't give in to terrorist attacks like that. Just it's not a good look. So this might be a bad look in the short run, but in the long run, people are going to be like, "Good call, good call," you know. And uh, it does put into spotlight a few things. One that will never get Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers is actually dead. I'm sorry, guys. Damn. Sorry. Will not get Darkstalkers. Two, it does bring something interesting. So under the eyes of not Ono-san, is Street Fighter VI going to go back to the days of no seasons, or is Super and Ultra going to be actual seasons, but you can buy the the seasons packed together as like a all-in-one package deal? Uh, I'm going to assume that... Actually, before I even answer that, I just uh, piggybacking on your first thing... Um, yeah, man. I, listen, I'm not a huge Capcom guy. Obviously, I've made that very evident, but I don't want this to happen to anybody. Like, uh, so my my sympathies to obviously those families that got, that got affected by getting docs. That's it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And yeah, like you said, I'm glad that Capcom didn't answer the call, and or rather, they did answer the call by not giving in to paying the ransom, and they did go to the police. So hopefully, no extremely sensitive information will get taken advantage of for some of these people because they're just hardworking people at a company and they didn't do anything to deserve this especially some of the applicants right like some of these people don't even work at capcom and their information has been compromised i mean as well as not only the people who are working for capcom but consumers as well so it's it's a mess it's it's a bummer that's a lot of people three hundred fifty thousand people so that it sucks to see now, transitioning over to the leaks, right? So we, we got the, the schedule leak all the way up to 2024. So we're, you said, obviously, Street Fighter Six, Super Street Fighter Six, and Ultra Street Fighter Six. You got these three games scheduled for 2022, 2023, and 2024. I do think that there will be seasons. I think you'll have Street Fighter Six probably season one season two and then they will sell super street fighter six as a standalone game that combines those two seasons in that package and they'll do probably season three season four and that'll be ultra street fighter six if they ever get to season five that's probably going to be an individual season so unless they go back to the old model but i don't see it because of the fact that the The old model is is outdated and in the future where that we live in we can just patch things in so like well the landscape has moved on too like there's no point in them going back to the old model when tekken 7 grand blue fantasy blaze blue cross tag battle guilty gears drive they're all going to be using the season pass model so why return to the old model 
I also like the season pass model because I hate the fact that I need to spend 60 bucks on a game that did what? Like made reuse punch plus two on block now and also added two new characters. I personally didn't mind it. I mean, yeah, it was a little expensive. Like when we went through the inflation for games when, you know, we, we criticized Grand Blue Fantasy with their season pass, the old model was quite expensive as well, especially with Street Fighter 4. That's why I don't, I think the season passes, listen, I'm not a huge fan of season passes, but I do like the fact that at least some of them allow me to, like Grand Blue Fantasy, for example, if I don't care for any of those characters and I just want to play UL, I'll just buy her for the $7 or whatever, and then I'm good. Uh, So I do like that about season passes. The problem is, is that if you want to save money and you want to get the most value, you got to get the season pass. And I was going to say, like, a lot of people bitch and complain about how expensive it is to add all season passes to make a game, like, playable. But the thing I like is that the patches are free. So, like, patch changes to your characters will all be free, so you don't have to pay a new game. And it's like you said, you don't need to buy the characters. Like, the base game is all you need. And if you just like the base roster characters and you don't want to play any of the other characters, you're fine. You don't, Mm -hmm. you're good. $60, good to go. Or $70 with the new generation, you're good to go. You're getting, you're getting add-on content. So, you're, you're helping to technically keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. so that's what i like about the season pass is that like while people say oh i just want all the characters just give me the full game i'm like well one seasons allow the game to live longer and two you don't need to you you can wait until the game like dies and then they say here's the final version of the game you can buy that if that's what you want like you're gonna get it it's gonna take a while but you're gonna get it so yeah, and and actually, just one note is more often than not, season pass one will fund season pass two. Exactly. So, and uh, one thing that I didn't note here is, uh, according to the leak, and again, this is a leak. I don't know how credible this is, so that's why I I don't know. I didn't really want to cover this. So another detail that came out was the fact that uh, Street Fighter Six is not going to be a PlayStation exclusive. It's going to come to multiple platforms. Again, usually it'll they won't really say that if they only mean pc so i think by multiple platforms they mean microsoft as well and maybe even nintendo but uh, i thought that that was interesting according to the leaks again this is not have not confirmed or anything but according to these leaks street fighter 6 is not a playstation exclusive it is not i have a uh, some more leaks came out where they explained that yeah street fighter is announced for all the Xboxes and PS4 and PS5 and PC. No Switch version, but uh, Xbox, you're back in the game. Yeah. Welcome back to the family. Maybe, just maybe, we'll go back to using Xboxes for tournament standard. But uh, as for now, yes, if you are an Xbox fanboy and you're also a Street Fighter fanboy, congratulations, your time has come. I think that's actually a good thing. Not so much because I'm hating on PlayStation having exclusives, but... I think when it comes to third-party titles, I don't mind first-party stuff being exclusive. I mean, do you, right? Like, you own that studio. You have the the right to put it wherever you want. But third-party stuff, I don't like the fact that you all of a sudden have, you decide to do a a second-party deal with a third-party publisher where it's just like, yeah, I know we don't technically own your studio, but this game is going to be only for us. I just don't think that's good for the market because you're splitting the player base. And we saw with the 360, 
360 did a lot of good for Street Fighter. The PlayStation 3 version wasn't playable for, or it wasn't playable at the ideal level for the longest time. And we had to use 360 all the way up to 2015, by the way, because even the PS4 didn't run the three, the Ultra Street Fighter 4 version as good as the 360. So I don't know how the Xbox... One patch. It wasn't until that one patch yeah. where they fixed everything on the PS4 version. But by then, it was almost Street Fighter 5 time anyway. So like it mm-hmm. didn't matter. I, I don't know what how, how this is going to run on Xbox Series X compared to PS5. I did see some comparison. Shout out to Tal G in the Discord for putting out that video of uh, PC versus PS4 Pro versus PS5 as far as loading times for specific games. I thought that was pretty interesting. The fact that the PlayStation 4 is it's so behind as far as speed and loading times compared to both PC and PlayStation 5. PC seemed to be the fastest out of most loading states. I think it only lost on one occasion by a second, but it, it beat every almost every single instance by, in my opinion, a somewhat of a significant margin. Like I, some people would be like, oh, whatever. It's, you know, it's eight seconds. It's 10 seconds. I don't really care. But uh, personally, I think that does a lot as far as, you know, time is precious. And if I can not wait 12 seconds to get the training mode, I mean, I'd rather not do that, but... Uh... It also helps for getting you back into the game. And because if there's one thing fighting games are great at, it's the, okay, next round. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that kind of kills the, okay, next round is the fact that you have to wait 12 seconds or, and God forgive me, Tekken 7's case. Yeah, it's bad. So, I, I mean, everybody keeps raving about how good the Xbox is as far as hardware is concerned. I would like to see the comparisons if Street Fighter 6 does come out on both platforms to see which one is the better console to play on for majors, right? Japan will always play on Sony because it's Japan. They support the PlayStation, which is fine. But for majors, if we're talking Evo, we're talking Capcom Cup, those things are normally, they tend to use the best hardware possible. Now, the the thing that I really hope for is please... Please, please make sure you have crossplay if you're going to go all these mm. different, you know, like yeah. if you're going to go and say, yeah, we're finally we're bringing it back to Xbox. Don't yeah. be just Xbox plays with Xbox, PC plays with PC and PlayStation plays with PlayStation. Go all in, you know. Mm. Yeah. Follow the MK11 Ultimate model. Except don't follow it as well, because consoles only play with consoles and PCs are left to dry in the mud. Yeah, that's true. I think that's more of a port issue, though, like. The, the ports for MK11 on PC aren't great, so who knows? Oh, boy, here comes the next topic, the hot topic. This is, yeah, this is the thing that really caught everybody's eye this week. And you know me, like, I I don't talk a lot about Smash. This is FGC Hollywood, not Smash Hollywood, but... Pringle will. Yeah, Pringle will, yeah. Pringle will bring up, bring up Smash every now and again. But, uh, yeah, hashtag free melee, my friend. This is this is big, especially on Twitter. So on November 19th, 2020, the official Twitter page of The Big House, which is known as the largest Super Smash Brothers event series in the fall, tweeted this statement, quote, The Big House is heartbroken to share we've received a cease and desist from Nintendo of America Incorporated to cancel our upcoming online event. We were informed we do not have permission to host or broadcast the event, primarily due to the usage of Slippy. Sadly, all of our competitions are affected. We are forced to comply with the order and cancel the Big House online for both Melee and Ultimate. 
Refund information will be sent shortly. We apologize to all those impacted, end quote. Nintendo made their own statement on the same day, which read as such, Nintendo appreciates the love and dedication the fighting game community has for the Super Smash Bros. series. We have partnered with numerous Super Smash Bros. tournaments in the past and have hosted our own online and offline tournaments for the game, and we plan to continue to support it in the future. Unfortunately, the upcoming Big House tournaments announced the plans to host an online tournament for Super Smash Bros. Melee that requires use of illegally copied versions of the game in conjunction with a mod called quote-unquote Slippy during their online event. Nintendo therefore contacted the tournament organizers to ask them to stop. They refused, leaving Nintendo no choice but to step in to protect its intellectual property and brands. Nintendo cannot condone or allow piracy of its intellectual property. Yeah, honestly, this doesn't surprise me given Nintendo's track record because I hate to say it, I'm going to say it. All right. For all you fans of Nintendo, one, before you hate me, I have a Switch right here. Okay? So I have a Switch. But Nintendo doesn't love you, folks. (laughs) Nintendo is in it for the money and the money alone. Okay? No matter how many times they say, oh, we want to make a game that's fun, not that's pretty, they will shit you the worst game in the world. They only care about the money because... You can prove this with Pokemon of all games and all the time, all the time you want to, you want to make something interesting or you want to reference a Nintendo thing, they will come and they will take you down. The people, people reference the Nintendo ninjas because they exist and they are willing and ready to put the band hammer on you. Okay. They don't love you. They love your money. You know, it's, it's amazing the track record that Nintendo has of really making it difficult for the Smash scene to just try to compete and and make Smash a a competitive fighting game. Like it's they've really they've been the biggest hurdle for that community. Like I feel bad for them. It's it sucks. They haven't helped them at all. I mean I it's so ironic the fact that they put out that that statement said oh we've hosted tournaments and we've we really appreciate the love and dedication do you like it doesn't seem like you do i I don't know about you but it's 2020 when did melee come out like i I don't know what year that game came out but it has to be over 20 years old right people have already stated it that they're not selling melee anymore so there's no way for melee to make money for nintendo there's no yeah there's no port either and there will never there will probably never be a port for melee because nintendo wants to forget melee exists because melee was not what smash and nintendo's eyes represents because nintendo when they especially when they do tournaments for smash they view uh smash as a party game not a competitive game right so even if you go to a nintendo hosted tournament for smash Items are on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Items are on. Hazards are on. You know, it's it's party time, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the fact that melee is a very fighting game oriented game and is very competitive, Nintendo hates that. And two, Nintendo hates the way that the competitive scene plays Smash, quote unquote, because like ultimate. You know, Sakurai kind of gave the fans the best of both worlds, you know, like, yeah, there's items and stuff. But he did really he did really try to give like competitive players like 
an edge, you know, like, oh, hey, here's wave, here's some, not wave dashing, but like, here's a parry system. Here's a, um, some cool mechanics. So if it's 1v1, you know, it actually shows that and it's a special scene and all that. And it's like, they, he tried to give the competitive scene a chance, but in the end, Nintendo does what Nintendo does. And they want people to buy Smash as a party game. They do not want people to buy Smash as a fighting game because in Nintendo's eyes, there's more people that will buy a party game than there are that will buy a fighting game. But they can't. That's the thing. They can't buy Melee on current gen consoles. It's the only way they can play them is on big ass CRTs with GameCubes and that's the only way you're allowing these people to to play. And it's amazing to me. Could you imagine if SNK were just being like, listen, uh, we're trying to sell KOF 14 or KOF 15. Stop playing 2002. Stop playing 97, 98. Stop with that shit. Like, uh, we're trying to just push the new stuff out. Can you imagine, like, the uproar that, you know, SNK fans would be like, what do you mean? We want to play 98. We don't want to play 14. 14 is ass. We don't like it. So a lot of people, I'm sure, feel that way. You see, I think that honestly, Nintendo is too far behind because they they protect their IP way too much, and way they don't understand. They bought the Mario Brothers movie license so that no one can ever see it again. Like that's how much they lo- they protect their their IPs. Like they were copyright tracking. I think during the Wii U era, early on, I think they took it away afterwards because there was such a big backlash. But the, when the Wii U first came out, I remember them copywriting a lot of Nintendo YouTubers. Oh, yeah. That was also a big thing. That was a big thing, too. It's like, come and on, also, man. What are you doing? Also, there's a lot of people, like, what was it? The Samus incident where, like, someone was making a, rep- a remake of, you know, the second game because it was so long since anyone made this, a remake of the second game. Hmm. They shut that down. Luckily... It was because, you know, oh, hey, we have our own version of the game. And so, like, they actually came out with, like, a fast, haha, we didn't want you to guys to, to check this game out because we're going to sell it to you anyways. But there's other cases where it's like, what was it, Pokemon Uranium? A godlike port of a Pokemon game with more Pokemon, with all the old Pokemon in the game, new Pokemon with new freaking animations and stuff added to the game, an entirely different region. That was shut down. Yeah, and then what did we get? We got Sword and Shield with like half the... I don't even know how many people from the... How many Pokemon from the decks got cut, but half, if not more than half, got cut from the decks. We got the same animations, if not worse animations, from every other version of the game. Lazy. Every time people say, oh man, Pokemon Sword and Shield is so good, I'm like, did you guys ever try out this awesome game on the Vita called you know, Digimon Cyber Sleuth because Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Yeah, they didn't have every Digimon in the game, but every Digimon had their own unique animation and the Digimon followed you in the outer world. So, hey, at least they gave you fans everything that Nintendo's Pokemon Sword and Shield didn't do. (laughs) And that was running on a Vita and not a Switch. I was going to say that they're probably going to be like, yo, what's a Vita? (laughs) I play my Vita all the time. Still. Hey, man, okay. I used to play my Vita, too. I'm an ally, but listen, even I know, like, <laughs> come on, man. There's like seven people in the world that own a Vita right now. That's true. That's true. Sad days. Uh, one, th- one thing on this, just the, the Smash part, I'll say, like, the fact that th- this makes no sense, the fact that they did that. 
I, I don't even consider Smash Ultimate and Smash Melee to be the same community. Those two are like separate things. So I said that the Guilty Gear Accent Core Plus R is basically the anime fighting equivalent of Melee because in both instances, people will not shut the hell up about Plus R or Melee and will never stop getting, like, will never stop playing Plus R or Melee, even though, you know, there's Exard or in Smash's case, Ultimate. They'll be like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, guys. They're two different, John. They're two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's confusing to me, I don't know, maybe you know this detail, but uh, so the big house, when they put out that statement, they said, sadly, all of our competitions are affected. Was Ultimate using Slippy? No, Ultimate wasn't using Slippy, but I'm pretty sure they canceled Ultimate because honestly... How are they going to play? Just on regular delay? Yeah, they're going to play on regular delay. Oops. And I'm pretty sure they were going to enforce the LAN connect, which means, hey, you better fork over $20 to, uh, to uh, add an adapter. Okay. I'll be honest with you, I'm not surprised Nintendo did this. It's it's a slap to the face, but come on, it's Nintendo. You can't be that surprised at the fact that they, they would do something like this. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. And it sucks for that community that is trying to remain competitive that their own publisher and the one entity that's supposed, in theory, is supposed to give them the most backing is actually their biggest hurdle. So that that sucks for them. And uh, I would hate that to be, you know, I don't play Smash. I, I could care less about watching those tournaments or, or being a part of the smash community but uh i don't i don't want to hinder anybody playing what they love so that's that's it's a bummer to, to see that happen especially by the fact that it's happening by their own publisher so nintendo that's a whack move for real that's that's a real whack move and uh they're just really stubborn i don't see them changing their ways anytime soon so hopefully they can find a way to to move past this and maybe run a tournament a different way from melee but uh until then i i think they'll probably just have to wait until the end of the pandemic when we can actually play offline that's that's the that's the thing i think i think hungry box said it best either the pandemic dies or melee dies there is no i don't think melee is dying i think that any I mean, effort to he, kill melee <laughs> what he meant to say was like the competitive aspect of melee is dead because it's hard to play melee in a competitive sense yeah. right now when there's no way to play it online because it ne- never had an online version. So you would have to play other people in a tournament aspect mm-hmm. and and or Slippy. And so since they're kicking away Slippy, what, what do you have left is online is tournament. But wait, oh, wait, the virus. So, yeah. And Nintendo's doing anything within its power to kill this game. They are. Which is unfortunate. Oh, well. Indeed, oh, well. Good luck to Smash Melee. Hey, we got a fighting game topic of the week, which is uh, something I kind of pulled out out of nowhere because I didn't have anything else to talk about. Really, it's been slow, man. It's I kind of had to <laughs> get a little creative with some of these things, and I've been thinking about this particular topic for a while. So I figured, let's talk about the identities of certain categories in fighting games. Okay. So how do you view these games as it pertains to the FGC? Not so much as the label fighting game, but rather the fighting game community. The FGC is made up of a bunch of different titles, right? Some big, some small, some legacy, some relatively new. All those games often have their own sub-communities within 
the FGC as well, right? You got your anime guys, you got your 3D guys, etc., etc. However, there are some games along with their sub-communities that come almost with an asterisk. Therefore, why not put our cards on the table and discuss the differences and intricacies when it comes to said games? And I might be uh, stepping on some toes here and hurting some feelings because I obviously I wrote this, so I'm going to give my opinion on how I feel about <laughs> some of these things. But, oh, don't uh, worry. I'm also going to be hurting some people's feelings too. You okay. will not be the only one in the crosshairs. All right. The first one is obviously something we just spoke about. Super Smash Brothers. This is my opinion. I don't. It's not FGC, but it, it's FGC adjacent, right? They're like, if this is a family, they're like our second cousin. Like we recognize them. As... More like the redheaded stepchild. Like they're in the family. But are they the redhead stepchild? Like they're. I feel like they're the redhead stepchild. Like we we acknowledge their existence, but like if you were to go to a, a family evening or family outing. They're gonna be at the house, you know. They're they have a like, different hey, last just name. Watch the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I can I can see that. So, here's some notes I wrote about Smash Brothers. So they share some venues with us. They're growing, especially with Ultimate, and they're always consistent, really, with their numbers. But little cross pollination. So you're not gonna find too many people playing a Blaze Blue Central Fiction and Smash Ultimate. You might find a couple, but shit. I mean. You're not even going to find people playing Melee and Ultimate. <laughs> so the fact that you're probably not going to see many people. Although I will I will give Dragon Ball Fighters and Street Fighter V credit. Those two games have seemed to speak to people to play Smash a little more so than other games. So there has been some cross-pollination from FGC to Smash. Different backgrounds, right? Fighting games, at least back in the day. Now it's changing because everything's online. But back in the day... We grew up in arcades, whereas Smash is a console game. So backgrounds have been different. Terminology is way different, I found. Things like how we say casuals. They say friendlies. They say friendlies, right? And other things of that nature. Sometimes they don't call them, uh, they don't call them mirror matches. They call them dittos. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they also do things like homie stock, which no one ever... My favorite thing was that the homie stock reference, which is if, you're, uh, if your friend is not doing good, you 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 kill you you take a round, and I or heard someone say we don't do that shit in the FGC. Yeah, no, we don't. And obviously our history, so that has also to do with backgrounds. The other problem I I see with Smash is they don't even really recognize other platform fighters as their own. So you think about like Brawlhalla, Rivals of Ether. There's what is what's that other one called? Like Lethal League and a bunch of others. They don't. It doesn't seem like the Smash community really embraces those games like other platform fighters as a part of their own. Like it's really just Smash and it's the Smash that you prefer. Could be whatever, Melee, Brawl, Ultimate 4, whatever you prefer and then that's it. It's not like there's a big family there. Oh, we'll take we'll take Rivals of Ether. Yeah, they're part of us. It's like, nah, you're like, <laughs> you're, you're your own thing. So where do you stand on Smash? Those are my notes. What do you have to add for that? Same Basically, there's 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 not much cross pollination. There's so many people that play Smash that don't know like the history or the lore or any information about the FGC. I I talked to a few people, like a lot of people that play Smash, and they're like, "Oh, I want to get, get into fighting games." And I was like, "Well, did you ever hear about Moment Thirty Seven? 
and that just grow, like goes over their head. Like, what's Moven 37? Why is that so important? Like, it's weird. It's funny. Like, this, the FGC understands Smash references and stuff, and, like, we take some of their stuff. But, like, when we try to share our stuff to the Smash community, that's when they kind of, like, shake their heads and say, no, that we're our own separate thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, as I said before, I feel like they're the redhead stepchild. Like, we we see you, but you're staying home when it comes down to any event, you know? The, you know, what's really funny to me is not so much now, right? Like, I've really calmed down since. But back in the day, I used to really fight the whole FGC Smash debate. And I always found it funny, like, in the comments on YouTube or whatever anywhere on twitter reddit is people would come at me and be like man the fgc is so elitist in the way they treat us like we just want to be a part it's like word you just want to be a part it doesn't really seem like it because anytime there is an example of like hey do you want to take a part in this it's just like nah you're not really showing that like you want i mean you can say the same thing about street fighter but at least street fighter people try you know they'll don't mess around with other games. Eventually, they'll always circle back to Capcom. Yeah, Capcom heads will always play Capcom games yeah. only because Capcom is the holy trinity and nothing else matters. But, but they'll at least try. they try. They dabble, they'll... you know. So at least you can say that about Capcom people. But with Smash, it seems like, ah, nah, we don't, we don't even care to learn even. Like, we don't, nah, you're not even worth our time. That's why when people were bringing me the argument, it was like, the FGC is elitist. That's why they're not accepting us. It's like, nah, I just think you guys are way too comfortable with you being a lone wolf and you've kind of just have this chip on your shoulder, which listen, the FGC has a chip on its shoulder too, but it's a different chip. It comes from two different types of wood. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I, I think it's okay. We just do our own thing. And uh, yeah, we just have different last names. It's all good. <laughs> we live in the same house. We got different last names. Exactly. This is another one. Mortal Kombat. People are going to get pissed. Mortal Kombat, in my opinion, it's FGC, but it's also hella mainstream. It's it's perhaps the most mainstream, even more so than Street Fighter, out of any other fighting game. It's coupled in every tournament that features other traditional fighting games. So you'll see it at Combo Breaker, you'll see it at CEO, Evo, right? There is some cross-pollination, but often it's one-sided. So you'll see people on the Tekken side, on the Street Fighter side, maybe some of the anime side, play MK. But very rarely you'll see exclusive MK people try out other fighting games. It's weird. It's like they're diehard MK just for that. They're not even NetherRealm fans. That's the thing. They're MK fans, which is its own unique identity. And it's so huge. I have no idea why. But the one thing, the reason why it's FGC is because it's, it has an arcade legacy, right? So it was there in the trenches while Street Fighter was there, while Soul Calibur 2 was there, where all these old school games were there, you know, MK kind of, you know, they, they were along for the ride. That's why it's FGC, but it's it's become so mainstream. What do you think about Mortal Kombat? I, th- I feel the same way. Like, I feel like, so, especially because I, I'm on Twitter. And uh, so every time I go on Twitter, there's few things that I see. One is I see some fighting game news because I like to know what's up with fighting games because you can never get fighting game information anywhere than if you look it up for yourself because mm-hmm. no video game variety news streamer is going to tell you about any fighting game news. or So you're going to have to look it up yourself. 
And when it comes to that, you'll 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 see like the mood and like the information that the general public has towards said news. And when it comes to like Mortal Kombat news, like I hate NRS fighting games because I think that like NRS one, I don't like the fact that NRS uses just motion capture. Like I, I'm fine if you use motion capture in your games, but also like fix the animation so that it actually looks like it's realistic. Don't just rely on don't just rely on just just motion capture and then just kind of like tell the animators to kind of just make it look pretty. No, like seriously, do your work, please. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, follow through. Yeah. Because That's a fair criticism. Yeah. But um and also because like when they when you play an NRS game, you could tell it's an NRS game because like the movement is very like heavy. It's like very if, stiff. Uh, for me, yes, yeah, stiff. Like I feel like if I were to ever explain to a person who's never heard of fighting games before what an NRS fighting game is, it's think of two sandbags jumping at each other, trying to hit each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is. You're playing but, a 3D game on a 2D plane with no sidestepping, which is weird. Exactly. And there's running in it, but, like, the running doesn't really help. Like, in an, in anime fighting games, the, the running is how you get in. A block in, button, a change stance button uh, is so God. strange. <laughs> that change stance button pisses me off to no end because they use cloth physics and they don't keyframe the capes. So like half your moves are always like obscured by the stupid cape just float flapping. Anyways, back to the topic. I've been reading information. It's like the MK fans love MK. And then someone will be like, dude, I can't wait for that like thing to be in blank game. And they're like, uh, you played that game? Garbage. Uh, you're, you're on. You're you're looking up news from Mortal Kombat, bro. What are you talking about? Like other games? I'm like, what? You can't go to another person's house and eat their food and then bitch about how your food is not as good? What? Why? Why can't you do that? You know, like it's weird, but whatever. You know, NRS fans they 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 stick with each other, and there's there's cross pollination, but it's not it's not like other games like Tekken and Street Fighter and anime fighting games there's a huge cross-pollination but nrs and smash it's half if not like a quarter cross-pollination it's, mm. it's different you know very different yeah that's i will say this and that we've said it for a couple weeks now i think nrs is killing it as far as catering to their fans which good on them they're giving their fans you know they might not be hardcore fgc and at least not all of them but when it comes to catering to what Mortal Kombat fans want, and often also what Injustice fans want as well. They they do so. They really do. So as much criticism as I think the hardcore FGC has for NRS and their games, they they do a good job of of giving the people who buy their games and, and play their games what they want. So hey. I like the next topic on this one, because that one is is glorious. Combat sports games. Oh man. Yeah, that's one was weird, right? Like nobody ever talks about this in the FGC, at least not to me. Like, so they are technically fighting games, like the UFC series, Fight Night series. You, I mean, you're boxing in them, you're fighting in them. I think the only time people reference these type of games is if you're talking about what's that game series called with the rappers? I forget what it's called. That was the the latest one, Def Jam. Def Jam. That's what it is. Okay, like. The FGC, if they ever reference combat sports game, they're referencing uh, Def Jam. Because I don't think I've ever heard anybody in the FGC say, oh, yeah, man, I love UFC. That game is so good. 
And if they do, they're just laughing at the glitches because, you know, EA <laughs> so doesn't care about <laughs> fucking game quality. They just care about getting your money. Okay, so combat sports games, UFC series, Fight Night series, etc. So I put here, uh, no, not FGC. They're weird because it is fighting, but it's simulation fighting, and it's not arcade-style fighting. So it's it's a completely different beast than anything. Like, you know how there's... There's sim racers and then there's arcade racing. Like Mario Kart is like an arcade racer, but like Forza or GT, those are simulation racers. As well as the fact that I don't know, is there any cross-pollination at all with these games? Like the people that play WWE, SmackDown, 2K14 or whatever, do they play Street Fighter? I, I don't think so. At least I've never had any conversation with anybody that's like, oh yeah, I'm totally into WWE or ufc3 or whatever so and the other part is you never see these games at fgc events when's the last time you saw any of these games at like have you ever seen fight night at combo breaker (laughs) no i saw def jam at combo breaker but then that was just a side tournament that was just because someone brought def jam and everyone's like yeah i like rap dude it's first of all can you uh, this is what it tells you about some of these games Not, not to you know i'm not trying to to shit on these games i'm just saying as far as it pertains to the fgc Nidhogg and Catherine are more FGC than UFC 3. <laughs> That's amazingly true, and it's hilarious, but it's it's true. Yeah, uh, Nidhogg is more of an FGC game than freaking... It's, it's, it's because like EA and all those people that own those kind of games, because they own the franchise rights to it, they just want m- your money. They mm-hmm. don't give a crap about the actual quality of the game. That's what fighting game fans want. They want a good quality fighting game. That's why we bitch about shit that we don't have, because we're like, we want your game to be better. But hey, I mean, if I think I think the the mainstream market that likes some of these games, they obviously enjoy it. And it's uh, there is a pocket of people that want to fight, but not in the same way we want to fight. And yeah, I mean, good for them. I wonder how the netcode is for some of those games. I'm pretty sure it's ass because they don't care about (laughs) netcode. But I'm pretty EA sure we live dedicated in dedicated servers, right? I don't even think it's servers. I think they live in delay based. They, I don't think they have ever crossed Robakia's bridge. I don't think they even know that Robakia even exists. I think they still live in the what is it delayed based dar- dungeons. I w- I would be interested in in researching that because that is a good idea to research if it's server based or I think it might even be server based. But I think that the servers still run like. I've never heard anybody complain about lag. But then again, I'm, I don't run around those circles, so I don't know. There could be lag. But I've never heard that to be a big complaint about... Every time I see a UFC video or something like that, or rather the game, it's always the glitches. Like the weird limbs all over the place and like the crazy shit happening. It's never like lag or you know disconnection and stuff. But the last one here is uh, Sneasel is going to get mad at me. Arena Fighters. So Naruto, Naruto Storm series, Pokin, Dragon Ball Budokai, all those. So I'll say, as far as FGC, no, I don't really see them. It's, it, but it's it's closer than the the simulation fighting games. It's closer than you know, UFC, but it's not as close as Smash. So it's in a weird circle. It's a, in a really weird, if this was a cake, it would be somewhere in the like the bottom lower tier, right? That's where I would put that as far as. How close is it to proper FGC? It's very seldom at FGC events. You remember when they had Wizard World and Tekken 7 before it came out, they would have the invitations at Wizard World, like Philadelphia and Orlando. 
they would have Naruto Storm there because of the fact that of the Bandai Namco connection. But if if Ninja Storm wasn't published by Bandai Namco, I don't know if it would have been there. So you'll see them at very few crossover events between proper fighting games and arena fighting games. It is skill-based, I'll, I'll give it that, but it's also extremely linear with the way it plays. The gameplay is really homogenous because for the most part, look at Naruto, for example, and this is just my exposure to the game. Every character gets the same tools, same resources. It's just about how you use them, right? You get those wooden clones or whatever where you can burst out of combos. You get your little projectiles with your notes or stars, and then you get the same amount of assists. It's for the most part, it's all the same. And the problem and is also that... if you play the games, like you'll see the combo list. It's a a a a a a a one direction off a b. Like everyone has the same combo structuring. Yeah, I I think while it is skill based, I think there's more of an impact made as far as when you you think about skill. There's a a, a significant impact that skill makes up in traditional fighting games compared to arena fighting games arena fighting games are a little different in the fact that while there is some skill it's also it's weird in the way it plays because it's it also relies on just very linear gameplay which takes away some of the the skilled nature of it which i don't like and it's to me personally, I find it a little boring to watch. It's just, it's not very fun. I will say one thing about those Naruto games. God damn, the presentation's clean. The presentation it's, is so it's clean. So good. They do a really good job with what's the one like My Hero, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kill a Kill has one. Obviously, we okay, talked about I was going to just talk one. about Kill a Kill, actually. So, oh, yeah. Kill a Kill is actually a notable exception to the rule of like, you're just buying the game for the characters because I think Arc System Works really gave it their all because they're a fighting game company. So they were like, okay, we're going to make this a game that is arena fighter, but we're going to make it competitive, you know? So they gave every character different move list. Every character doesn't play the same, you know? Like they, they, they tried their hardest, but then again, it's an arena fighter. So, you know, not many people bought into it because why why would I buy an arena fight? It had that, that stigma of arena fighters are bad and just homogenous. So no one, not a lot of people really gave IF a chance, but IF was a different game. Like it, it wasn't, it didn't stick to the homogenized characters and everyone plays the same. And I, I appreciate that that was an outlier. Like arc system works. That was a considered a failure, but even if it was a failure, at least they tried to do something different, you know, like, is it closer to Pokin than it is to Naruto? Yes. It is much more like closer to Pokin. Like every character has a different move set and style and gameplay and gameplay, like loop and hmm. gameplay goal. That's cool. It also killed it because it's kill a kill, which is, a, a series that hasn't been around for a long ass time and also because it didn't have a lot of characters to it so hmm. i only watched uh, two episodes of that show and i never went back to it because you know anime but it seemed cool it's, it was kind of funny actually it's a good series i would i would suggest if it had a manga to go read the manga but hmm. it, it's it's good yeah i mean they're they're also stupid fun like I think some of those games are really, really fun. I don't necessarily find that they have to be like FGC proper or whatever, like to have fun with them. Like if it's fun, it's fun, right? A lot of casuals love arena fighters. It's because any or any casual can pick up an arena fighter and be at least decent to subpar in it. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah, just mash. Just just do what you were think. You thought you were gonna how you you play fighting games and boom, you're you're, you're playing the game. Congrats, Some of those Dragon Ball it. games. I mean, they were just so mash friendly. Plus, they also they also add cool stuff like in in the Dragon Ball Budokai series. If you did a beam struggle, just mash to get out. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool, you know. Like, what's the one? Is that the, no, that's not an arena fighter? What's the Xenoverse considered? What is that? So the F two C and the arena fighters hate Xenoverse because it is its. So Xenoverse fans say it's fighting game. Okay. Arena fighters say it's an RPG, and fighting game fans say it's an RPG. So two out of the three people that look at Xenoverse say it's a, a it's a RPG game. But the people that play the game, they say, and just that game. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out just. The people who just play Xenoverse, they say it's a fighting game, but that's an RPG game. That's an MMORPG, buddy. I'm you know sorry. You know, uh, you know how you know when you're talking to like a Dragon Ball fan is when they say Key Blast instead of Fireball. I was like, all right, buddy. <laughs> sure. I'm kidding. Like it's I'm I'm just remembering back in like 2018 when when uh, Fighters was starting to become a thing. When you saw it at the Xbox trailer and people were just like, wow, there's Fireball. That's cool. And then Dragon Ball f- fans came out of the woodworks. Be like, it's actually called Key Blast. So uh, it's like, oh. Good okay. Lord. The um actuallys. It, yeah. Dude, listen. I love, I, at least I grew up with Dragon Ball. I love uh, some of those characters. Like future Gohan from the History of Trunks movie is like one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. And Trunks as well. But man, Dragon Ball fans, they take that shit too seriously. Like, relax, man. What's what's your deal? It's a it's a fucking anime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, broken. That was the fighting game topic of the week. And uh we got a really short non-fighting game topic of the week. This is more so uh my selfish <laughs> selfish thing that I wanted to put out here. I'm trying to stream more and I need mm-hmm. help. I mean, I need help trying to figure out games. So I don't play a lot of traditional games. So I have a huge non-FGC game backlog. So I'm going to remove one of your recommendations immediately. Okay. And that is Danganronpa V3 because unless you're going to turn your stream into emotes only, that ain't going to be, that ain't going to fly, Captain. Why is that? So the problem with visual novels is that everyone who does visual novels or anything that's super story heavy uh-huh. you if you ever go to their streams all those streams as soon as they do that game is emote only because the biggest problem is that there's some people we call scumbags who will go in and they will ruin moments of a story mm-hmm. right before it happens and ruin that moment and so some people who may not have even heard of the game and they're just following it because you're playing the game and they're like oh i want to figure this out or they didn't have the money to buy the game, so they're like they're wanting to see, but they will love the story, so they want to see what's going on. They're gonna get ruined because some jackass decided to say, "Oh yeah, blank dies at this by this person, and this person's a killer." Unless you're gonna play Danganronpa V3 and and like emo only stream, I don't know about that one, Chief. Right. Okay. So, I yeah, I do want to play that game because I play one and two. And I uh, actually really like the Danganronpa series. Actually, it's a series that I would like to see translate to a fighting game. I think it has some potential there. I have, I have said that exact same quote because I was like, if there's something that the fighting game community has done that I've com- been confused about for the, for generations, it's turning ob- obscure ob- like obscure visual novels into fighting games. 
Yeah, and the Danganronpa man has a shit ton of characters, and a lot of them would be really good. Like you think of like Junko. Junko would be an excellent fighting game character. Genocide Jack. Um, yeah. Good lord, I I would love to have Genocide Jack as an actual stance character, where you go from the ultimate storyteller to ultimate uh killer. Mm-hmm. Where basically, like when she's in her ultimate storyteller form, she like she's a set play character and she's trying to keep play keep away, but then. You charge her up, and then she goes to Genocide Jack, and then she's now a huge rushdown character. That would be sick. Yeah, the the there's a lot of really cool stuff you could do with Danganronpa characters. They also they also look anime as hell. Oh yeah, so I mean, like they would they'd fit it. They would fit in into a fighting game. Like none of them look like students, unlike you know unique like Persona and uh, Melty Blood, mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, they look like students in an anime like a student so what's the point of like where's the cool like every ding and rampa character they have like a unique look to them yeah they do i mean look at sakura uh, sakura would be dope <laughs> oh god I'd, that that'd be sick every okay. every ding and rampa game has to have like this female character that is just a badass and you're just Yo, like I, Hell I, yeah. I love sakura sakura is like, she's like a sweetheart <laughs> she's so intimidating but she's like, like an actual sweetheart oh yeah um, but in, actually, we didn't even talk about the like what the premise here is. So I, I have a huge non-fighting game backlog, right? Because I don't play non-fighting games. I rarely do. And when I do, it's every blue moon. Like I just played Persona 5 Royal, and that was that's probably going to be like my non-fighting game for the year if I if I unless I get to any of these. But I don't think I'll get to them before the end of the year. So I because I want to try and stream more, I put out some games. All these games I own, and I've owned them some of them for a long time some of them i just bought or some of them were gifted to me and i kind of want to stream these because i have some sort of history with these so if you have any recommendations so we already spoke about danganronpa 3 or danganronpa v3 so no stream for that i'll probably just play that on my own time because i do like the series i like the one and two so i would like to get to danganronpa v3 eventually Mm -hmm. dark souls remaster i forgot when i bought this but i've never played a dark souls game it's not really high on my priority, to be honest. I was like, eh, I kind of want to play it, but it's not like... So these games are fun. A lot of FGC heads will play Dark, uh, the Soulsborne games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I will say this. Do prepare to die a lot. Mm-hmm. Do prepare, be prepared to have people on your stream call you uh, a noob. Right. Do prepare to get here the, the ever-so-lovely quote, get good scrub. But... <laughs> Also, when you beat a boss and when you finally get past that hurdle, you're going to feel like a god and you're going to feel super good. And then once you get into the groove of the game and you understand its limitations and how it plays, you're going to find yourself like invested in the game and you're just going to be like, damn, I'm in the I'm in the zone. I'm in the mood. I'm I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah, down the line, I would definitely like to try. I don't think I would like to get hella good and try to like beat the game or whatever but i would like at least to try it a bit because i i mean i bought it so might as well get mm-hmm. a little bit of my money's worth now uh hades is a game that actually shout outs to altella he gifted it to me and i still have yet to open it because i just haven't gotten to it and it's actually made by the same people who made transistor who's which is also on the list so i'm a big mm-hmm. bastion fan i love bastion i think that game is, is godlike I played on. They made four great games. Which All one was four the of their one? games. Their fourth game was a uh, multiplayer game that was um, it has a crazy story, and it's it's very interesting because the way it is is basically it's a basketball three v three game, 
where basically you uh, you play as characters from hell, and they're, the whole point of them playing this basketball game is so they, they can go to heaven. And it's very interesting because not everyone on your team is going to make it to heaven. And like you also don't want to work on just you. You kind of want to work on your worst characters too, because your best characters are going to go to heaven, which means that now you're going to be luck stuck with like you're going to be going to the harder levels, but where you're going to have like, shitty characters because you didn't work on them. So it's it's a very fun balancing act. Huh. It also has a sick multiplayer mode where like you can play the actual basketball game with other people. Huh. That's pretty dope. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know Super Giant made that. Yeah, Super Giant is. They keep killing it every time. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge Bastion fan. I never played Transistor, uh, but I want to. And uh, Hades obviously just came out, so I would like to get to those games eventually. Uh, Super Giant hasn't disappointed me with Bastion, and from what I've seen from Transistor and also Hades, is that they probably won't with these two games either. Um, this one was uh, Pringles' recommendation. I actually just got this because it was on sale. South Park: The Stick of Truth. If you like South Park and you like its humor, I do. I highly suggest this game. It is it is so good they made a freaking episode about it. That's how good it is. I heard it's really well done. It's well paced. And Pringle, obviously, he talks about it as, as being a really good RPG. And he's an RPG guy, as you know, if you listen to the show. So, yeah, I would like to give this a try and uh, and see what it's all about. Also, I like the fact that apparently it's not super long. So I like that. Oh, it's short, and it also does not take itself seriously. Cool. And the last one is Red Dead Redemption 2. I really don't know when I'll ever get to this game, even though, dude, I, I really, really love RDR1. I've spent so much time with the original. So here's the thing. Red Dead Redemption 2, I don't think you can stream it because it's had its day in the sun when it was new, mm-hmm. and people still play Red Dead Redemption 2 for the online, but... Everyone knows the story of Red Dead Redemption 2 that was going to watch it on a stream right now. So, like, you're not going to get a lot of people to watch it, but to play it on your own, yeah, it's a good 10 out of 10. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so that's my backlog right there. That was the little uh, non-fighting game topic of the week, so I appreciate your help with that. We'll see no where problem, I with those games. <laughs> no problem. I got you. And now uh, I apologize to anybody who's listening to this who already owns all these games because I'm about to read a giant game sale announcement. So last, it's it's amazing with these game sales, man. It's uh, it's feast or famine. It's either there's no sales whatsoever or there's all the sales for everything at all times. It's it's what it's I hate amazing. is that they do these sales when I have no money <laughs> and like and it's always at the end of the month and I'm just like I don't have money now. Where was this like in the beginning when I had money? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer the way it works out sometimes. Also, they have like these weekend sales as well. It's just like, come on, man. I can't I can't turn around the podcast fast enough in order to have these sales out. So sometimes I won't even I won't even talk about them like last week. But so there's going to be a bunch of duplicate games here. But because they're going to be on different platforms, I have to read them all. So this might take a while. So if you're listening on audio platforms, I apologize. You'll have to skip quite a bit. So here are the Black Friday sales for PlayStation 4. And most of these are going to be fighting games, but there I also added some non-fighting game titles that uh, I personally like. So every sale that I'm about to read for you right now on PlayStation 4 ends on December 1st, 2020. So you have from the recording of this podcast, nine days, but probably from when you listen to this eight days or so to get any of these games so tekken 7 ultimate edition is 19 dollars 99 cents street fighter 5 champion edition 1949 street fighter 5 champion edition upgrade kit 14 dollars 99 cents 
Grand Blue Fantasy versus $41.99. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Character Pass Set, $55.99. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Deluxe, Digital Deluxe Edition, $69.99. God damn, every time I see the prices for that game, it's so expensive. Dead or Alive 6, $17.99. Dead or Alive 6 Digital Deluxe Edition, $23.99. Dragon Ball Fighters Fighters Edition, $15.19, which by the way is the cheapest I've seen that specific edition since we've started reading game sales. Same thing goes for the Ultimate Edition for Dragon Ball Fighters, $17.59. Again, very cheap. Uh, where am I at? So Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite Standard Edition, $9.99. Sam Show Neo Geo Collection, $19.99. Sam Show 6, $5.24. The King of Fighters 97 Global Match, $5.24. The King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match, $5.24. So all those little old school SNK games are $5.24. Uh, as well as Garu, Mark of the Wolves, $5.24. I don't believe, uh, I don't believe the play, does the PlayStation 4 version of Garu have rollback netcode? Yes, they implemented on both. Okay, cool. The only one that they did not implement it on was the Vita version because, you know. Vita. <laughs> all they did was they just made it so you can cross-play with the PS4. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, guys. Vita will stay in the delay-based uh, delay gates. Art of Fighting Anthology, $5.24. And those are the fighting games. So here are some non-fighting games that I actually really like. Shadow of the Colossus. So that's the re the like the remaster. $9.99 on PlayStation 4. This is a shout-out to Jam. Gravity Rush 2, which, by the way, I've never played, but I, I adore Gravity Rush 1 on Vita. So I heard Gravity, Gravity Rush, Rush 2 is a good game. Gravity yeah. Rush is a good series. Yeah. I guess it doesn't work. It wouldn't work on the Vita. That's why it's only on PlayStation 4. Ironically enough, my roommate has his PlayStation 4 downstairs in the living room, which neither of us ever used because we were both two, you know, PC Master Race people. <laughs> So it's just collecting dust there, but I might have to buy that game and play it because I love Gravity Rush 2. Um, if, you want, if you want to save your money, I'll just stream the game so you could just live vicariously through me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I actually really like Kat. I think she's cool, so I kind of want to play her. And the last PlayStation 4 game here is Catherine Full Body, which is $23.99. I've never played Catherine Full Body, but I really like the original Catherine. I played, I played through it on the uh, 360 back in 2012 i think and uh yeah i really like catherine i think it's a really cool game also catherine seems to find its way into every fgc event yeah <laughs> right now we are on the xbox side so this is xbox one and some of them are also xbox 360 but there's a cross compatibility with 360 and one so you can technically buy the 360 game but play it on one dragon ball fighters ultimate edition $16.49 tekken 7 ultimate edition $19.99 uh soul caliber 6 deluxe edition $22.49 mortal kombat 11 standard edition $14.99 so that's just standard edition i know there's aftermath and there's ultimate this is just the og mk11 uh street fighter 30th anniversary collection $14.99 which is by the way half the price of it's normally $29.99 so that's actually 50% off on xbox so it's pretty good uh ultimate marvel vs capcom 3 $9.99 marvel vs capcom infinite deluxe edition $23.99 killer instinct definitive edition $9.99 so that's all seasons all characters everything for 10 bucks dead or alive 6 $17.99, the deluxe edition, $23.99.
And uh, the last one here is Alice Madness Returns, my friend. So I, this is a, a terrible fucking game. It's it's really bad. It's really bad, but it's actually one of my favorite games. I, I really like it. It has a really good narrative. I I, I really enjoy this game. So one of those guilty pleasures where you know it's garbage, but you can't stop playing it because you love it. Yeah. So Alice Madness Returns is four dollars and ninety nine cents, and just based on the value there, like I don't know if it's worth five dollars, but it's actually a pretty interesting platformer slasher and it has an interesting idea of what you would do with the the realm of wonderland if you took it into like a very dark toned version of it does it come with i I hate to ask you this because i know you'd probably have to look it up but does it come with the american mcgee sequel like dlc or is it just madness returns i believe this is just madness returns if you can so obviously there is the dlc that you can buy uh through the like the menu of madness returns you can buy american mcgee's alice which is actually the prequel to madness returns and you can play that but i don't think it comes with this particular sale i think madness returns you could still play it today and obviously it won't look great and it won't it's, it's never played great but uh, the narrative is still there. I, it's still cool. It's like if you think about Beyond the Looking Glass, but it's just much darker and more mature of a theme and a narrative. So that's why I really like the, this game. And uh, by the way, American McGee's is uh, working on Alice Asylum, which is, I think, a prequel to American McGee's Alice. So it's even, it's a prequel to the prequel. <laughs> so, Jesus. Yeah. Because uh, no spoilers, but there's, unfortunately there's something happens in, uh, no deaths or anything, but there's something that happens at the end of Manus Returns that closes the door on anything happening afterwards, unless they got super creative. I don't know what they would do, but uh, she doesn't die or anything, but just, something else happens. So that's American, or not American speaking, that's Alice Manus Returns for $4.99. Give it a try. Okay, Steam sales. So ironically enough, we don't have any actual Steam sales, but all these that I'm about to read are Humble Bundle sales. So, uh, oh, I, did I read that the Xbox sales or the Microsoft Black Friday sales does, that ends on December 3rd, 2020? Everything yeah, you that, did not read that part. Okay, so th- everything that I just read for Microsoft side that's uh, December 3rd. So it's actually two days after the Black Friday sale for PlayStation ends. And the Humble Bundle sales that I'm about to read, those end on December 1st, 2020. So Them's Fighting Herds, $8.99. Get this game. This game is godlike. Dragon Ball Fighters Ultimate Edition, $17.59. Soul Calibur 6, $9.59. Tekken 7 Ultimate Edition, $22.00. 49 cents which by the way i don't i didn't haven't commented on yet yet but it's called ultimate edition but really it's season one season two pass together so it's not season three pass it's not season four pass i don't know why it's called ultimate edition it should just be called like whatever bundle edition or something but uh yeah it's 22 dollars and 49 cents for basically the base game and season one season two just for people who are wondering street fighter 30th anniversary, $19.99. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, $5.99. I was looking in the information. I don't know if that includes all of the DLC. I certainly hope so, but uh, you know how Capcom is. Which, which one? Cross Tekken. I don't think so, but I'm pretty sure you can mod them in because it's uh, 
on disc dlc yeah it would be oof if you if that didn't include all the dlc but it wouldn't surprise me uh street fighter 5 champion edition 22 dollars and 48 cents ultra street fighter 4 seven dollars and 49 cents ultimate marvel vs. capcom 3 seven dollars and 49 cents marvel vs. capcom infinite 14 dollars 99 cents the deluxe edition is 26 dollars 99 cents a little bit more expensive than on the xbox side and uh, two non-fighting games. Persona 4 Golden, one of my favorite JRPGs, $15.99. Uh, and the last game here for Humble Bundle is uh, another game that I really, really adore is Spec Ops The Line, $5.99. I'm not a big shooter guy, but uh, this is a game that has everything that I want. Tight shooting, third person, good controls. It's a cover-based shooter and it has an excellent narrative in my opinion. And a uh, very good way of, of telling a story about uh war and uh i don't want to give it away but anyway it's a for five dollars and 99 cents it's it's a pretty damn good game <laughs> now i'd like to i'd like to just share a few things to the the listeners okay he has switch game sales and announcements and then we just skip <laughs> to the next page <laughs> uh there's nothing there i looked i looked it up uh switch first of all the switch digital store sucks ass because <laughs> does they don't it's so hard to find like when sales end they don't put it on individual games or at the top of the page you actually have to go to the top of the deals page and then find the deal that the category subsection is under and that's where it'll say it which is such a cumbersome way of looking for the start and end date of some of these games and nintendo is really not friendly to fighting games at all so Trying to find anything on their digital store is nearly impossible unless they put it on the front page, which they have done with Mortal Kombat and Dragon Ball Fighters a couple times, but uh, nothing this week on Switch. All right, let's 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 go to the listeners' questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna let you do the first one because that's <laughs> most uh, appropriate. We actually have a bit of a curveball on the first one. Normally, it's where's KOF 15, right? But uh, exactly. Zio on Patreon actually asked, he's like, hey, where's my hoodie? Which uh, it's actually in my living room right now. It's still in the box, Zio, so don't worry. I uh, I was waiting. So Zio, for anybody who doesn't know, he won a giveaway back in like, I don't know, August or <laughs> something like that. And uh, he won the Combo Breaker hoodie that I got from uh, Combo Breaker to try to help support that tournament because obviously they got canceled and stuff. So I bought a bunch of merch and I gave it away. And uh, most people got their stuff, but Zio, you know, he lives in Taiwan and uh, I sent his hoodie. It got to his post office and it got sent back. And uh, also it also happened with Butterdog, who lives in Germany. Same thing. So I was waiting until after the election to um, send those two things back. So I'll do that. Good thing to wait until after the election. Yeah. Because boy, is it not a fun time to go on the streets today? No. So I'll I'll wait uh, a little longer and then I'll I'll send that stuff back out. All right, the second one comes from Little Joe Potfox on YouTube. He asks, "What franchises do you think would have a lot of potential for a good fighting game, or what franchises that were made into a previous fighting game or arena fighter that wasn't very good that you would like to see get another chance and made into a good proper fighting game?" I love how we just answered this question with yeah. one topic before the question. <laughs> yep. But uh, if you if we want to continue, I would say another good option 
So we're going to, I'm going to answer the second part of that question. Cause the first part was it never had a chance. And the second part was it was badly implemented. I would say if Bandai Namco were to ask Arc System Works to do a Dragon Ball Fighters iteration of the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm series with as much polish as Ultimate Ninja Storm and as fighters, I would be 100% down to see it. I yeah. think that would be a good option. Mm -hmm. Since you answered the second part of that question, I'll answer the first one. So what franchises do you think would have a lot of potential for a good fighting game? Uh, we Again, we, we talked about Danganronpa before. So that's one we already discussed at the beginning or at the, towards the middle of the show. The other one is One Punch Man, right? So that's a game that got an arena fighter that, in my opinion, One Punch Man has an amazing cast of characters. It has one of the, in my opinion, one of the best rosters, both from a personality-based standpoint and then from a visual design and the fact that you can do, they're so flexible what you could do with them within a fighting game repertoire. Like they, they're so malleable. You could do so much with that roster. Don't make it a tag game though, because those, those characters are so, they're meant to be individualized. So if, if you water them down by making them just homogenistic as a, as just as a regular fighting game roster, and then you give them a bunch of assists with shit. To, I don't want another Dragon Ball fighters. I want like fledged out characters and I want them to be their own individual character instead of being like, well, they kind of do all the same thing, but look at all these awesome assists that these guys have. I'm like, nah, I don't want that. All right. So LCG on YouTube asks if project L has good gameplay and net code, then what effect do you think it will have on the FGC and fighting game as a whole? Good old project L. This is a interesting, interesting one to say the least. So I have said that when project L comes out, I've said this for a while. The FGC will implode on itself and we will never be the same. And the reason why I said that is because Riot has more than enough money to make this a free-to-play game, which basically then means that people are going to see this happen and then they're going to be like, why can't X game developer not make their game a free-to-play character game with the same like things that project l does because i bet you within i can bet you that what they're going to do with project elves they're going to do it the same way league of legends works is where you get a free week of free characters or a, a week of free characters that's randomly rotated and then you can either spend money or you can earn in-game currency which is blue essence in league of legends to go and buy a character, right? And then you, you keep that character. Mm -hmm. And Riot has that fuck you money. So they can they can have that that business model, right? So that is going to change the way the FGC is seen in terms of business model and like how it's going to be. I feel like that's going to be a huge thing. And the reason why I say that is because Riot also is loved by every country, okay? Like, as soon as project l comes out i can already tell one it's going to have good netcode because it's got the nick no cannon brothers on it mm -hmm. and they made freaking ggpo okay yep. it's going to have good net play okay, i'm a netcode okay the thing i'm worried about is it's is the gameplay i feel like it's going to be you know how uh grand blue fantasy versus is kind of like the best of both worlds where like you can do single directional inputs or you can do the normal inputs. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be with project L it's going to be either single inputs 
single direction inputs or no inputs at all. And everything is going to be based on a timer, like from League of Legends. Like you're going to have a button connected to your abilities and then it's going to have a timer. Yeah, like inspired from Rising Thunder. Like that, but also like in League of Legends, because that's how you play League of Legends is mm-hmm. that you can't you don't have access to your abilities at all times at all points in the game there. They have cooldowns. Right. And I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard a rumor that that that's what they're probably going to do to Project L. So I'm thinking that this game is going to change the landscape of fighting games and the FGC as a whole. I don't know. Oh, let me ask you this just based on your your opinion. What, mm-hmm. Which property or intellectual property has more pull with the mainstream? League of Legends or Dragon Ball? League of Legends. You think League of Legends has more pull than Dragon Ball Z? The reason why I say League of Legends is because League of Legends doesn't have the uh, misconception of anime and, oh, it's weeby shit, weeb shit. Is Dragon it. Ball Z considered weeb shit, though? My mom knows it, who Goku is. Yes, it's not considered. It's above and beyond weeb shit, but it still has that, like, like some people who don't like anime will look at Dragon Ball and they, they'll be like, I don't like this. But, like, those same people will be like, oh, League of Legends. I know that because everyone won't shut the fuck up about League of Legends. So I think I spoke about this maybe a few weeks ago. As far as the impact, I think Project L is going to have a significant impact, especially with the model. Like, you're right. Like, I think the model could be huge for fighting games. We'll see how they do how they do certain aspects, especially with the, the amount of cachet they have within the esports realm. I think the, their their imprint on the esports realm is, is ginormous, and Project L could be, a, they could really shake things up for fighting games in that in that specific department. But as far as getting people to really care about this game, I don't know if this will have as much of an impact as a property as Dragon Ball did. I think Dragon Ball is so huge and and synonymous in the world of uh, gaming culture and nerd culture and all that, that as much as I think, you know, I, League of Legends also has incredible pull and cachet with that same community, I think that it's it's going to be a bit of a more difficult sell to uh, a fighting game audience compared to something like selling Dragon Ball Z. Because Dragon Ball Z is like, it's, I mean, you're talking about a history of, what, 30 years now, maybe even more, of this thing being around, just us growing up as children, and now here we are as adults. I don't, I think League of Legends and Project L is going to, be a big big force in the fgc but i don't think it's going to be as big as we think i think we just have to kind of slow down our expectations here like it's going to revolutionize what we know of the fgc i think it's going to be big but i think it's not going to be like world shaking it's you're going to see a pocket that is really impacted by this especially the the way they run tours i'm going to be really interested in seeing how their professional circuit is going to work out is going to be invite only are they going to do teams is it going to be open invite uh i'm really interested in seeing that part of it but as far as the community really getting around project l and really embracing it as the the new jesus christ of the fgc i don't i don't see that well I'm going to say that this game is probably going to make it so that people who play Japanese fighting games without rollback are going to be like, nope, no rollback, no buy. And we're also, I mean, we're already kind of trending to that anyway. So 
but this is going to be like the the straw that broke the camel's back mm -hmm. like i think that like right now we're we're trying to break the bridge but the thing that's the cannonball that's going to break the bridge is probably project l i could see that yeah number four taha ali on youtube ask what do you think about the way tekken deals with their dlc packages release schedule also this might be a random question but what do you think about zafina and tekken 7 and in older games she cheats the game i i hate fighting zafina she's a cool character i actually think she's a cool character design but uh man she cheats she it's so hard to hit her she's uh she just she avoids everything and she doesn't really even have to work for it so she can use her offense to transition into defense which is so infuriating because she's basically making you block and then you try to punish and you can't hit her because she's already like in this weird crouching position but she hits you with something standing so you blocked high and you're not in full crouch to in, in order to answer with a full standing or with a while rising so she is uh, incredibly frustrating to fight against she um she kind of breaks the rules on a lot of things, and you have to be very, very careful, meticulous, and patient when you're fighting against Zafina. As a character, she's cool. She's not really my style to play her, just because I don't really like stance characters like that. I like straight up, just forward characters that are they play just up and down, not you know vertically and mantis and whatever the fuck. I don't know, <laughs> like all those weird stances. But uh, I mean, I like her as a. As a character design, she's all right, but fighting her, God, she's frustrating. What was the first question? Uh, the first part of that question <laughs> was, what do you think of the Tekken season model? It's all right. I mean, it's okay. I think not knowing the the characters is uh, pretty standard, right? They they did yeah. show a bunch of characters. I forgot what season it was, but they showed... Uh, oh, yeah, when it got leaked, right? When uh, you had... Uh, Ganryu leaked and Fakumran leaked and maybe there was another character but I thought it was funny that they just conceded and I was like all right that's fine but uh yeah I mean the model is pretty standard I don't mind it as uh it's just a regular fighting game pass model that we've seen since the eighth console generation really so let's go on to the next question which is by felonious monk if you were able to combine game franchises to make a fighting game what would it be franchises themselves do not have to be from a fighting game this is an interesting question so it's kind of similar to the one we had earlier yeah it is okay so video games that we would combine all right i have i have one so i would combine final fantasy with Skullgirls, technically to Whoa. make that into a game like i would like to play final fantasy characters like they have really nice unique characters with different classes so those classes could be like different character archetypes and have it in a kind of you know skullgirls-esque kind of game i think that would be kind of fun hmm. yeah interesting combination most people put final fantasy with soul caliber tekken hey man we need to have them we need to have some 2d love okay right. I, I like i like 3d fighting games don't get me wrong, like Tekken and Soul Calibur are great games, but I think that Final Fantasy could should have some 2D love too. You know, we got to give the 2D games some love. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, the second part of the question is, if you had a franchise and turned it into a fighting game, you can pick a franchise. What mechanics would you try to bring to said franchise, to, to said fighting game rather, 
to make it still feel like it's franchise. Um, if you want to do this, I, I will. I will entertain Dangarampa real quick with you. Yeah, Dangarampa would be. So I be think really that a cool mechanic. So you know how whenever it's time it, during the uh, the class trials, how you have to deflect um, bullets or deflect ideas that mm-hmm. are false falsities. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing where like, in the middle of a fight, you have to you have to like. You can counter-argue and stuff. You can counter-argue, you know? And then the counter-arguments kind of, like, break, shield, do shield breaks or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, like, or they can be parries. I think that would be kind of a cool mechanic. Yeah, that that would be dope. I think you could take any JRPG, really, because the, those games are so individualized and tailored to both universal skills and specific skills to each character that all you would have to do is take the same idea. I mean, listen, not to be a complete shill here, which I am, but Persona 4 Arena Ultimax did it right. Like in Persona 4 Arena, like they took even little details, like the all-out attack animation. Stat buffs and stat decreases. Yeah. And they they really, they, they did it really well. The awakening and you have the, even the burst mechanic has their persona in it. It's... I think it's it's one of the best implementations of source material in a fighting game, especially when it comes from a, a JRPG. All right. So this one, this next question, I'm going to let you read this. And I have a few few like suggestions and few ideas like that from games that have done this and see if you, what you, your take on it and then see what you would think about when it comes to like implementing it into better games. Okay. Oh, this is the gambling one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Aramandi, is that how you say that? Aramandi? I would say Aramande. Aramande on Discord asks, so with sports betting becoming more legalized and more popular in the last few years, I thought it would be a cool idea if a fighting game had an in-game system where you could bet on first to 10 exhibitions between pro players with in-game currency. The currency couldn't be bought with real money, a lot like salty bets. They could do this for big majors like Evo, Combo Breaker, or something like Capcom Cup. Before the tournament, you pick from a list of well-known pro players and put money on them to win the tournament. What do you guys think? Could this possibly get casual players to watch FGC events? So before we begin, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, t- to take the soul from Pringle real quick because I have a feeling if <laughs> here he would have said it. But Smash has this mechanic in their game. If you see two people playing an online like ranked match, mm-hmm. there's an actual system where other people can watch it and they can bet like fake money or whatever the hell on a character and it'll even have odds on that character. So like based on what their rank is and how well they know that character, it'll have like odds set to like what that is. So for example, if a guy who's a um, Ganondorf main is playing Ness, their odds are like uh one to a thousand when while someone who's a Kirby main, they're probably one to one. So if the Kirby main wins, you're you're gonna get your bet money back and then some. But if the Ganondorf main who playing Ness wins, you're gonna get a shit ton of more money. That is implemented in Smash. And that's a cool thing. Like it's not something that everyone does and not everything not everyone knows about it, but it is something cool. I think that would be I don't think it would it would work for like first to tens 
I think it would be a very cool thing for like during spectating, especially during tournament brackets. Mm-hmm. You can so like you know how in online tournaments the way it works is that you get someone to spectate the fight. I think it would be very cool if while you're doing the spectating fight, you can get people to uh, like the the spectators can bet on the fights, and then if you're streaming, because a lot of games nowadays know that you're streaming the game. If you're streaming, you can get your viewer audience to bet on the the thing too with commands, and then that gets tallied up, and then everyone like in the lobby shares the rewards. I think that would be a really cool idea. And when it comes to tournaments, like I don't think that like betting on who's going to win from the beginning is a good idea, especially like at Evo or something, because every time you go to Evo or Combo Breaker or Campcom Cup. There's always that upset that happens where random nobody wins a huge percentage. And so it just cuts everyone's ideas of who's going to win. But like when it comes to something like that, where it's like moment by moment plays, that I think would work really well. And it it would be cool, too, to have like based on like character loyalty, because online, when you play online, fighting games are smart nowadays. They they keep track of who you play how much win percentage you have on that character, you know, everything like that. So it'd be really cool to see, like, all of a sudden, if you're playing Uniclear and you're not playing Akatsuki, you're playing, I don't know, like Phonon, and it says, okay, this is an Akatsuki main who doesn't really know how to play Phonon, but is trying to pick her up and is trying to, like, learn her. This is, you know, this is the average in case he wins, right? Mm -hmm. Because not a specialist. Versus someone who's playing Seth. They're not really good into Seth, but they understand Seth and they have a few wins. So here's their percentage. I think that would be a really cool way to get casuals in to the game because now it's you feel like a participating member to the spectating. It's not just you're watching it, but now you feel like you're in you're in with it. Yeah, I I actually really like that idea more so for actual tournament matches compared to exhibitions. I I like that better. And and similar to sport betting, kind of like how you brought up, instead of just picking the winner of, before the match starts, picking little details like, will there be a character switch? How many games will this be? Will it be like two games or three games? Or is there going to be a perfect? Is there going to be, uh, whatever, two crush counters? Like you could, you could bet on like little details like that too. That would be interesting because it allows for more layers as far as the gambling is concerned. Yeah. No, there's definitely potential there. I love this next question from Jam. Why is King of Fighters 15? <laughs> I actually missed this question last week and he got mad at me. I uh, I actually took off my, my gamer glasses from that just because of how bad that question is. <laughs> We're all asking that question, Jam. Why is King of Fighters 15 not giving us any inclination of what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to the real question he asked. Uh, rank Street Fighter 5, BB Tag, and Smash Ultimate. No wishy-washy answers. Rate each on a scale of 0 to 10, where 0 will be never ever buy anything related and thus never give money to the publisher, and 10 is buy it in every single one of its expansions or season passes. Okay. So he said no wishy-washy answers, but there. Yeah. So I have a caveat here. I need to review these games eventually for a project that I'm doing. But let's say that project didn't exist and I never had any reason to play these games ever. Uh, zero zero zero. <laughs> Hold up. Zero is you'll never buy anything related or give the publisher money. So would you not give Capcom any money? No. Ever again? Well, I think he only means for those specific games though, because he says. 
and every single one of its expansions or season passes. So I think it's only pertaining to those specific games, not like Capcom as a whole or Arxis as a whole or, or Nintendo as a whole. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, yeah. then my my scores have just magically gone lower. Okay. So for me, I'd say Street Fighter V, I'd, I'd give it a one because until season three, you know, season... Yeah, no, season three. That game was absolute utter garbage, and I would never play it. But then season three, I was like, it's okay. And then season four and season, hopefully season five, it's gotten better. But because it took until season four, I'd give that a one, a solid one. BB Tag, I would give that a straight zero. Sorry, Maury, but... um, Trash. And for Smash Ultimate, I'm going to give that a solid zero. Smash is fun, but it is not a game that I can see myself playing all the time. And uh, yeah, no, fuck Nintendo. They, their company, they make good games, but they have terrible business decisions. They're not very so, FGC friendly. They're not friendly to anything, <laughs> really. Know. They're not even friendly. They're just not friendly, yeah. Jerks. This next question is actually pretty interesting to me. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on it, but uh, Tal G on Discord asks, is it just me who is bothered by long-running fighting games having a bigger and bigger visual gap between launch characters and later ones? Honda looks leagues above Ryu, and I find it too bad that they didn't even revisit launch characters to make them look even a little on par with the new ones. If you want a different example of this, um, you know Guilty Gear Exard, right? Mm-hmm. So you know the instant kills? Yeah. So the launch characters' instant kills are not that interesting compared to the more later DLC ones. Like Dizzy's instant kill is sick as hell and is actually a surrender because you see how powerful Dizzy is and you're just like, you know what? I think you win this fight. Bikins is really cool. She she actually changes the music herself and it, it's like this huge, like dramatic pull back and it, it looks like it it could be like a um old school samurai movie where like the scene turns where like n- nothing moves for a solid second and then you just see everything slice that's a really cool one and then like you go to see zato one who is like from sign and it's just i took your shadow away now you're dead and it's just like okay that's that's an insta-kill, I guess. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a shadow anymore. I guess that means he can't live. Right. I, okay, so I can't really comment on that. I will say that, like, Street Fighter Five came out February 2016. Mm-hmm. Honda came out, what, 2019? Right? I believe so. Yes, he did. So you got three years there. Something that we forget a lot of times is that developers become more comfortable with the hardware that they're working on as well. And so they're able to capture more of the potential of the hardware the longer they work on it. So the PlayStation 4 was still a fairly young system back in February 2016. It came out in November of 2013. So it was about two two years old, almost two and a half years old. 2019 compared to 2013, it's like six years. So they know a lot more about the system, the capabilities, and they're able to extract more out of that system. So getting that up-res graphics is just a matter of the fact that they're able to utilize the the system a little bit better and maybe utilize whatever resources they have. I don't I wouldn't really mind to be honest if Ryu doesn't look as good as he does because I picked Ryu for a reason, right? 
like it doesn't personally it doesn't bother me but uh yeah i could see how it would bother some other people especially when you see some newer characters receive a treatment that the legacy characters have not lozy he asks why doesn't the video game awards have specialists in fighting games oh we talked about this a little earlier we did that they nominate one punch man quote-unquote fighting game instead of the ponies would roll back shows their lack of judgment you're right lozy it does show lack of judgment but also shows lack of any sort of real integrity we we spoke about this there's a lot of politics that goes into these things with uh game awards and these shows and all this you know bull crap that i think the hardcores don't really care for we know that like you know moral combat wins game of the year it's just another thing that they can put it on the back of the cover of the physical game be like game of the year edition winner of whatever it's like who cares like doesn't matter not to me maybe to joe schmo yeah like a lot of those awards go to like games that don't it don't belong to and a lot of nominations it's because the thing i hate the most is that when i when a studio doesn't know what the audience uh when it has to do this like they have to give a game genre a an award and so they have to find nominations for it Hmm. they usually just send it to like twitter and say hey guys what games do you like and then they like they pull based off how many people said this game there's always going to be on twitter the troll who's going to be like (laughs) wouldn't it be funny if Uh, i mean also when i saw that list i was like i actually don't think any of those games deserve it really (laughs) I think a lot of those games, because what was it? It was like Mortal Kombat 11, mm-hmm. Street Fighter, Street Fighter 5, 5, Grand Blue Fantasy. Grand Blue Fantasy. Well, that game came out, but... Uniclair and One Punch U- Man, right? Uh, I don't think Uniclair was on it. No. I'm pretty sure Uniclair, Uniclair was wasn't on it. on it. But yeah, but One Punch Man. I think, I mean, Mortal Kombat, in my opinion, had the best year. It did, but like, if you're going to do a game award for a game that came out this year, I would say stick to this year. And I think that what they're trying to say is that, well, the expansion made it a new game. Yeah, I don't take it too seriously. Just enjoy, for, for the Game Awards and those type of like shows, just enjoy the announcements, man. Like, it's not about the awards. It's just about like, hey, look, there's going to be an announcement here. Cool. And that was the last question. Yeah, that was the last question. And then we got the shout out of the week. Yep. So actually, we have a couple of shout outs. I just didn't write them down because I forgot. So... One is congratulations to the game Frame Makers for hitting their Kickstarter goal and fully funding the game the same day the crowdfunding effort launched. By the way, thanks to Sergeant Spancakes and the Hollywood Discord as well as Toby on Twitter for bringing this to my attention. So that's pretty cool. It's like a platform. It's like a like a customizable platform fighter, which is pretty unique. So congratulations to them. The other part here that I didn't write down is uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus has sold 450,000 copies worldwide. So congrats to Grand Blue Fantasy. Getting that monies. All the DLC monies as well. Waifus. Hey, man. Hey, man. Waifus sell. Yeah, yeah, they sure do. But yeah, Broken, that's all we got for this show. My man, I appreciate you filling in. This has been a pleasure. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, for a slow week, we sure uh, <laughs> got a lot out. We'll see what happens next week. I don't know if uh, Pringle will be back. If not, I'll be ready. Yeah, be, I, 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 may have, I may have to invite you on again. And uh, we'll see what, what's on the docket for next week. It's always interesting with the FGC. Things are always changing, and we got all sorts of narratives. But uh, before we get out of here, where can the people 
the fine people of Hollywood find you? So if you're on the Discord channel, you can see that I stream a lot. Mm -hmm. And so you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash brokenwing777. And if you find me on Twitter, you can at me and tell me how terrible I am as a host and <laughs> how my uh, takes are terrible at brokenwing777 underscore. Well, yeah, I'm starting to wind down too. So we're, we're going to get out of here. Broken, I appreciate it, my friend. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate our listeners for listening. And uh, y'all have a, a great week. Get some of those sales. Good deals out there for Xbox, Sony, and uh, or rather Xbox, PlayStation, as well as PC. No Nintendo, but you know they suck. And Nintendo uh, does not like you guys. No, Nintendo does not like you. They don't. They do not care about your feelings or about your tournaments. And with that, we're gonna get out of here. So again, thanks for everybody listening. You know what to do. Keep it classy. Stay Hollywood, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.